0: Alrighty, Roo, rise, guys. Hello to you as well, rise, gals. We're back. It's me. My name is Russ Fader, and I'm John Marbley. We're back. Oh, you know what? No, you said that you wanted to do the intro, yeah. so you do it. No, you already did it. I don't know what else no, is there. No, no, we're gonna start again, and we no. can include the previous. Also, or we cannot record. Rec- why why the am I previous? catching
1: such flack for expressing that? Why did <laughs>
0: What You no asked for this. This is literally what you wanted to have happen. So go. <laughs> oh. If mad
1: about you was a final frontier, we're traveling outside of time and space here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. Well, what I will say is, I think about this a lot. The reason we we greet Rise Gals after Rise Guys is because Rise Guy rhymes. Yes. (laughs) It's not an afterthought. It always feels like one to me. Yeah. (laughs) It's always like, hey, Rise Guys. (laughs) Oh, right. And Rise Gals. Also,
0: also Rise
1: Gals. Like an annoying sitcom boss who's like, gentlemen and ladies. I hear
0: you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is Mad About Mad About You. Uh, We are your weekly Mad About You recap podcast. Hello and welcome back. At my synagogue, when I go once a year (laughs) for the High Holy Days, the cantor forever, you know, there are prayers where it's just like, okay, now we will speak to, we we will say the names of the forefathers of, you know, of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. And newer readings include the matriarchs not just the patriarchs oh. but the matriarchs which is a good thing but it's so Sarah. Ingra- yeah sarah rebecca rachel rebecca rachel, and leah right? yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's great and i'm glad that that happens but the part of me that is just like ingrained in tradition and mm-hmm. this is what you grew up with It's like you say these four names and they are male names. You say these three or these three names and they are male names. And then you do the rest of the prayer. And then here's this new canter. And she's just like, and also Rebecca and Rachel and Sarah and Leah. And I'm just like, oh, of course. Yes, we know. (laughs) We know. Of course, (laughs) women. Yes, they're very important. Let's not forget. And that's completely antithetical to what I really believe, but I, it just doesn't sound like what I know. Yeah, it's nice
1: to know you're uh, <laughs> carrying the torch forward of uh, patriarchy there, Russ. <laughs>
0: oh, look, I'm the worst. I'm literally the worst. <sighs> Everything I'm saying right now is highly problematic. Well, I guess it's going to be not w- like
1: it. one more generation required yeah. <laughs> to fix <make> that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Look, like I said, since I only do this once a year, <laughs> you have to give me a break. <laughs> it's not, it's not, If I did That's this every true. week, if every week I'm going to Temple and just being like, excuse me, I liked it better when it was yeah. just the guys. You'd be
1: really, happy. you'd have to be really <laughs> stubborn and really clinging to that to make that work. You're right. Oh, how's your day been John? Oh, just fantastic. I woke up and watched mad about you and now I'm talking to you <laughs> Killing it. I had locks. I had a lox bagel nice And I was in such a rush this morning that I did take a bite and then enter the shower So there's a brief period where I was eating lox and cream cheese in the shower
0: Oh my god, I've never you're my hero like more of a Jew in my
1: life. That's the
0: best thing I've ever heard of <laughs> You returned that locks to the water from once it came?
1: Uh, well, it actually was disgusting. Even though it was like five <laughs> seconds, it was the steam from the shower made the locks feel different in my mouth. <laughs> oh
0: no. Like, yeah, Imagine okay. if you
1: microwaved it for like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> locks and cream cheese. <sighs> oh
0: God, that's
1: terrible. <laughs>
0: thumbs down how about
1: you how was your day <laughs>
0: <laughs> my day was good i had it's fun yeah you're like i woke up i did this other stuff you know i did very little me i'm like i had three more hours i did laundry True. yeah i got groceries mm-hmm. yeah i've had a i've had a productive day thus far Oh, well,
1: nice. congratulations
0: yeah killing it crushing it on the weekend <laughs> so john let's talk about the television show we like
1: the spy girl who loved me is the name of the episode
0: Episode twenty of season one of oh, Mad About You, right? Spy yeah, spy yeah.
1: girl who Loved yeah. me. Yes, yes. <laughs> May eighth, ninety three. Yeah, the following week they committed to the go back to their old schedule of one episode
0: a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've only got three episodes left after you know, including including this, including
1: this one. Yeah,
0: including this one. After this, there are only two episodes left in the first season.
1: And then after we do the next one, there's going to be one left. I don't. Are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> Let me get track. Let me get a pen.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're rolling. We're rolling along. I can't I believe know, it. Uh, I can't either. It feels like we've been doing season one forever. Yes. And yeah, part of me is just like, wow, we're almost done with the podcast.
1: But it's right. Like, no, <laughs> no, there's six more. <laughs> six more half years. Six more forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's felt so long. That it just sort of felt like we would never finish season one. Yeah. Because the season's the only indicator that you've actually moved forward with this endeavor in any way. You're right. Yeah. It's... It's like a plateau on the mountain that says this is pushing a rock up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, he's like, oh, a ledge. Oh, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well,
0: time to continue with Infinity. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... I feel like we need a break. Like, I'm like, okay, gosh, we finished reviewing this show for season one. Let's take three months off just like they do. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I need the summer
1: to decompress. Yeah, let's come up with a little cliffhanger to end the uh, season (laughs) one with. (laughs) That's great. So, yeah, well, May 8th, 1993. We got, I tell you what, (laughs) this happens every time, I think. Either someone's cracking the whip at TV Guide, or whoever, whatever guy retired, was at the grocery store again, saw the <laughs> butcher job they did last week, and came back to work. How did TV Guide improve Just this week? Just when he thought he was out, they pulled him they back again. Can I tell you how satisfying it was in my notes to copy the new description and paste it over the old description, and to watch an entire line of text disappear? <laughs> Let me Feels tell good, you, huh? you could tell how bad the description is if it wraps on the page. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this one, you can count the words on your hands, on your fingers.
0: Does it just say the title of this episode is The Spy Girl Who Loved Me? No, Russ, that would be a horrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Russ, you're also bad at this. Yeah, yeah real bad. It says, Barbara Felden... Plays a former TV star idolized by Paul and Ira. Mm. Thank you. Mwah. We know everything that's going on now. <laughs> and you got your little uh you know, plug out there for Barbara Feldon. You're right. So now we yeah. know every thirty something male is gonna tune in <laughs> on Everybody's May eighth. Gonna...
0: <laughs> oh gosh. They crushed it. Great job, TV guide writers. Agreed.
1: If there was an award for being succinct in copywriting. <laughs> they deserve it let's find out <laughs> it'd be a real short ceremony
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh gosh very fun well there were TV? other things on
0: a lot of the normal saturday night lineup Ugh, nurses, you got your dr quinn medicine woman
1: yeah. oh yep are you her. looking
0: no oh yo you got nurses, in my got notes every nest. week
1: sure. it just says russ hasn't it. <laughs> it russ processes. has great Oh gosh, this this is a
0: lot of pressure. So here's what I have, because on ABC, here's another little mini twist for you. On ABC on Saturday night at 8 o'clock, movie of the week, Lethal Weapon, baby. Oh, wow. One of my
1: favorites. Yeah,
0: it's a great one. It is. The first one, 1987.
1: I mean, the first one's the best one. All four are great.
0: They're all great. (laughs) They are. Even the fourth one's great. Like... They're all, you forget, I forget anyway, that the first one is really intense. Yeah,
1: no, I know. It's stomach-turningly upsetting at times.
0: Like, yeah, there's Mel the Mel Gibson's whole...
1: performance is so intense and depressing.
0: Yeah, we forget, you know, because in 2 and 3 and 4, it's just like, oh, he's got a thing for the three stooges. Right, Riggs likes the Three Stooges, and sometimes he'll uh, he'll play pranks, or yeah. you know, or he'll tell Danny Glover to cluck like a chicken in the rain in his boxer shorts, or Danny Glover will get caught on a toilet, and the, if his bathroom will blow up if he gets off the toilet, ha mm-hmm. ha ha. Lethal the weapon one. He's just like I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. No, really, I want you to shoot me in the head with this bullet right yeah. now. I'm gonna cry at my wife's gravesite. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get electrocuted in a shower. Mm-hmm. Like, it's oh, yeah. crazy. The, how did they show this the on ABC? The torture scene. Like, what scene? How I don't it? know. A 20-minute feature? I have no clue. But Gary Busey's in this one. Yeah. As Joshua, the bad guy, and he's still You can't like... even do the signature line. No, you I'm can't. I'm too old for he's this. He's the good kind bleep. of nuts. Yeah, yeah. You cannot even be too old for this bleep. Yeah. What, what if they did like we're doing right now, and they had Danny <laughs> Glover
1: just come in... <laughs> To Ugh, say, I'm getting too old. Danny, for this can bleep. you,
0: yeah, can you just come in to say the word bleep like a real haggard? <laughs> I, I, uh, I think
1: it would actually work. I'm getting too old for this bleep. I think with, <laughs> with the commitment of an actor, you, you wouldn't bump up against it as much because the intention's there so clearly. Yeah, I think this is how all movies should be made. Yeah, Mel Gibson still, if I'm not mistaken, he
0: still has hints of his Australian accent. Yeah, that's a, that's in definitely this true. One, yeah, He's still. Oh, I'm Martin Riggs. Yeah. Oh, who, who are you? Roger Murtaugh, eh? I mean, I don't know if it's quite <laughs> that intense. I think it is. I think I remember it being just like this. Crikey, I'm going to kill myself because I'm a dead wife.
1: You're sure you
0: were watching <laughs> Crocodile Dundee, right? <laughs> no, I'm a chimney sweep. A... <laughs> this this is me, Mel Gibson. Now watch me do this dance with a cartoon penguin, eh? Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. There's a lot of things that
1: are getting mixed. <laughs> Wait, this was on against, Matt, about you? Uh, yes. Oh, this brother, was. I know it's on. i, I was on 8 to 10. What competition? <laughs> this is what you get, though, from over to Saturday nights. That's true. You're going There's up a against, lot of stuff you know, Otherwise, you'd just be going up against some dumb TV show, but now you're going up against huge Hollywood blockbuster. Good luck.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was made for $15 whoa, whoa, million. Whoa, but you got it Barbara made...
1: Felden, so... <laughs>
0: $50 million budget, $120.2 million box office. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Smash. Smash.
1: Oh, I love that movie.
0: A lot of, it's a really good one. I mean, Mel Gibson managed to make it the whole movie without insulting the Jews.
1: I mean, he made it most of his career without doing that. Sure. But then he made up for it, like, a lot. He was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He hit a point where he said, enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> I have- I have not insulted the Jews for too long. This is why the- I got into
1: this business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the constant bombardment of the Jews portion of my life begins now. Oh gosh, I'm going to ask a question. Have you speaking of Mel Gibson and Danny Glover in a movie together? Have you ever seen Maverick? Yeah, I
1: think so. I think I might have seen it 100,000 times. <laughs>
0: gonna say you would love yeah, of maverick. course
1: i've seen maverick
0: oh god i'll do that as a mini-ep with you oh sure because <laughs> now that's what these mini-episodes are it's just we watch we talk about another movie and then in that review we talk about a related thing and watch that thing so right
1: <laughs> no i love maverick
0: oh so many times that was on like it was They were just like, if you looked in TV Guide, the section would be right after Russ gets home
1: from school (laughs)
0: until Russ eats dinner and Maverick would be on five days a week.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's the Barnaby Jones of your life.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. It really is. There's oh, gosh. I hope I get to cover that sort of thing because there was a brand of TV show that was on when we were growing up that like, I'll call it like dad TV. It was on like UPN or WGN, just like there were TV shows that were on from like, they would be on it from six to seven and it would be like, it would be like Renegade or. Oh, interesting. Or the Fall Guy. Oh, I used I know to was watch the later. Fall Guy, yeah. It was dad shows. I would watch these shows with my dad, you know, Highlander, the TV series. And it yeah. was just like, they weren't good enough or network enough to be on right. primetime. Sure. But just before primetime, it was like, I never, I never saw the end of a single one of these episodes of television because it would be like, dinner. you'd watch from, yeah, you'd watch from 6 yeah. to 6.45 and then it'd be like, Russ, come eat. Like, All right. that's uh, fine, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> So, yeah, everybody needs to watch that. you got a lot to watch tonight. You've got to watch. Leap I'm not Weapon. watching
1: any of this crap. You I still gotta watch, got to Leap watch Leap Carla the Slut or whatever it's called. <laughs> Chase the Slut. Guess Chase what? Chase the Slut. I what? dug into that a little last night. Yeah. The writer director, like the person who whose baby that movie is, is like uh-huh. one of Spike Lee's main editors, it seems like. Really? Yeah, so now I'm intrigued.
0: <laughs> Oh, man. I'm I'm not. Look, we can watch that, too. There's a lot of mini-ups in store. I think the title might be misleading in a way. Like, you know what I mean? I think so, too. Well, maybe I'm giving it
1: <laughs> way too much credit. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. What was happening news-wise? Dateline. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Go ahead. May 6, 1993. Cardinal undergoes surgery to relieve enlarged prostate. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Russ just took a sip of water, and boy, was I hoping for a spit take nah nah you gotta wake
0: up earlier in the day to get me to spit take i could take a i could take a cardinal prostate any day
1: can i tell you i was so tired when i first read this headline last night that i genuinely for a minute thought it was a bird and i got so excited (laughs) i was like i can't believe this is a story
0: (laughs) john i'll tell you if you want me to spit take say you thought that a, a bird had an enlarged prostate all uh, 10 times out of 10 water's going all over the place i mean it's the same for the
1: bird well no the opposite <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe this is like how does this end up i like if i was a cardinal i wouldn't want this in the paper let alone the new no. york times that's true. John Cardinal look O'Connor there. underwent surgery at St. Vincent's Hospital in Manhattan yesterday morning to relieve an enlarged prostate. By mid-afternoon, he was feeling well enough to work from his hospital bed. Okay. He's already That's working a... as best as anyone can in a hospital setting. Joseph, <laughs> what a boring quote. What what kind of what kind of work? Does a Cardinal... Yeah. Yeah. I, paperwork, I guess? I don't know. Maybe.
0: I, just, like, uh, I look, don't know this what is any... Very... Of... Yeah. This is, yeah, this is a very uh, naive question for me
1: to ask. I mean, shredding a... documents. Don't they just... <laughs> we Treading
0: shredding documents. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, let's do it, Russ. <laughs> this is why we let's have the get podcast. Into it. Let's take down the Vatican. <laughs> Those uh, drug money laundering, pedophilic cover-up, covering up uh, monsters over there. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I said I didn't know what they did. <laughs> You're the one. John's
0: the one who decided to throw a lot this lot religion fishy business under the over
1: there. Good thing we popularized <laughs> it with the Da Vinci Code. Keeps us from asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know, this all along this was a Catholic conspiracy podcast. He was a man I'm glad six, we're finally getting into it. He had a transurethral resection of the prostate. <laughs> this
0: poor okay, guy. Good.
1: Uh, to celebrate mm. Mass Sunday, the surgical procedure took less than an hour, Mister Tonkel said, adding that the cardinal is alert. <laughs> oh, he's oh. seventy three. Uh Doctor King said that forty percent of men over the age of fifty five experience some prostate enlargement. So really, well, the cardinal was sort of take you know he was doing this to raise awareness. <laughs> he, yeah. He's like the Angelina Jolie with the uh, yeah the breast <laughs> cancer traits <laughs> on the government's time.
0: It's yeah. Part of me was just like, well, you know if. Somebody in the Catholic Church is going to do something or have something done. The rest of the world is going to find out about it. That's just natural for the news to report on it. What, you know, again, 10 times out of 10. I can't think of a single time that Catholicism did something and it didn't get widely reported on.
1: I mean, I guess I can't tell if you're being sarcastic (laughs) Usually, eventually, it does get reported on. Eventually. <laughs> did you miss yeah. a little movie called Spotlight last year?
0: I actually did miss that movie, but well, I know about the concept. don't know
1: about okay, it. Oh, no? No, it was great. It was a little boring. I think I wasn't in the mood. I don't think we were in the mood to watch it. You know what I mean? Yes. Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Man rescued after entering Lion's Den. Yeah. I mean, car- <laughs> talk about Cartoon New York. A 32-year-old was also, man. The,
0: was this also the the, the Cardinal?
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, Russ, a man. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) A 32-year-old man climbed into a lion's den at the Bronx Zoo yesterday and emerged with only superficial wounds after the police and zookeepers managed to distract two 350-pound African lions and rescue the man. As the man's mother shrieked outside the exhibit, (laughs) one lion reared up, rested its paws on the man's shoulders, and swiped at his head. Then the man, identified as Alfredo Riaz of the Bronx, curled up in a fetal position at the orders of police. The lion pawed the guy's back, nibbling at his trousers, and started going for the neck with his mouth. Oh boy, sounds like a date I was on once. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Can you believe this? Oh, he's schizophrenic. I was gonna say oh. there, there
0: are some. I'm like, huh. Bef- I was like, before I start to say, what's wrong with this guy? Let sure. me ask, what's wrong with this guy? What's
1: crazy is I literally <laughs> had the thought. I was like, oh, he's schizophrenic. I just thought he was nuts. Yeah, but like you oh, know what boy. I mean. Like, like yes. just the, a guy who does crazy. Like, oh yo boy, you know, like the kind of guy who would climb the New York Times building for mosquito nuts.
0: Right I- there. Are, yes. For mosquito
1: nuts? Yeah, that's the one of the climbers oh, did right. that ram, remember? Yeah. Yes. Now the article's taking such a sad turn. Let's just move on. Okay. Well, now that I know why he's in there, like all of the behavior now is just depressing. Anyway. Well he
0: wound up okay, right? Yeah, they got him out of there. Okay, good. Well good. A happy ending.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, was... Unless they
0: unless they put down the lions. <laughs>
1: It didn't say they did. Okay, good. Because the lions didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Lions did great, from what I can yeah, tell. Yeah, lions did great. <laughs> yeah.
0: The <laughs> lions were like, "Hey, buddy, are you okay? Yeah. It seems like you've got a lot going on upstairs." Well, that's
1: the first time. I... <laughs> first I'm just
0: gonna nibble at your trousers and swat at your neck. We're okay. Okay, cool. Hey, hey, uh, humans. Yeah, get this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you humans want to get this guy out of here? I think he's got. <laughs> we're not gonna do anything. It's cool. It's cool. No, we get it. Everybody's got their stuff. <laughs> um, mom, mom, don't worry. Stop shrieking. We're just lions. We're, just We're not lions. monsters. Do you remember Lippy it's the cool. lion
1: and Hardy Har Har? What? Uh, Hanna <laughs> no, Barbera I, characters? No, I don't. He was a, a the, circus or zoo lion, I believe. The what characters? Lippy the lion and Hardy Har Har. I don't know what, what kind of characters are they. He was a zoo lion. I forget what Hardy Har Har was
0: from. What? H- uh, you know Hanna Barbera shorts? Oh, Hanna Barbera yeah. is what you said. No, I do not remember those.
1: So this is a this is sort of a weird story I found about. I don't know if anyone remembers this guy. He was a real estate magnate in New York in the 90s. Donald Trump? Okay. Dateline? No. <laughs> Trump in a federal lawsuit seeks to block Indian casinos. <laughs> Donald J. Trump, who owns three casinos in Atlantic City, has sued the federal government, maintaining that allowing Indian tribes to open casinos discriminates against him. Interesting. <laughs> I'm sure this is the last we'll hear about this guy. Yeah, sounds like a real nut. <laughs> <sighs> Dateline. just yep do, 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 do. not him what's up <laughs> a death and a suicide threat tie up Brooklyn Bridge traffic okay a naked man who was running across the Brooklyn bridge and shouting that it was a beautiful day was struck and killed by a car minutes before dawn yesterday <laughs> I mean this is one of those this is one of those classic Nightmare New York stories where it's so bad it makes it's funny in a way, but it's not. You know what I mean? Yes. Ninety minutes later they said a woman climbed the cables to the top of the bridge, threatening to jump. The two wow. incidents see, only in New York. <laughs> This isn't a story about two people killing themselves. It's a story about traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was paragraph one, and paragraph two is the two incidents backed up traffic into Queens for much of the morning (laughs) lunch. That's terrible. How are those people going to get into work? Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh my God! Oh, the woman came down off the 110-year-old bridge after being coaxed by emergency workers for more than an hour, and she was taken uh-huh, to Bellevue. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. Did anybody get fired? <laughs> <Did> anybody re-
1: <laughs> he was. Oh boy. Oh wow! It was a hit. Are you and finding run. out about more? Are you finding out about more
0: mental illness?
1: I guess I am. <laughs> <Yeah. causes? laughs> well, I mean, you know, something's up. Sure. When a guy's running naked at 5:30 in the morning down the Brooklyn Bridge screaming. That it's a beautiful day.
0: That's very, that's particularly sad also because I'm like, I mean, look, people yell stuff all the time in New York. Seldom is it is positive. That's
1: true. I know.
0: It's a beautiful day. And I'm like, I'm a generally pretty happy dude. That's something I could do. I'm like, I'm not too far from yelling. I I could see if I'm having a particularly good day just being like, hey, it's a beautiful day, everybody. Let's do this. Let's get on. Let's have a Wednesday. Rock and roll, oh. and then to oh, so yeah, I see a lot of me in this sad tale.
1: Well, count your lucky stars, then Russ. You're I still guess still here so. breathing. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, there was one other one because I listen. I love bringing up gambling. Yes, you know. So, Dateline. Do, do 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 do. Go ahead. A sure bet now falling behind. Illegal bookmakers undermine a state gambling monopoly. At a time when the off-track betting corporation is in dire need of fresh profits, its wagering parlor in Chinatown is a daily festival of gambling risk, the city's most crowded and lucrative street parlor, where, unfortunately, the clerks cannot handle all the betting action that lines up as each... Wow. Okay, so, like, in this paragraph, I couldn't tell you where the emphasis goes on each... (laughs) I think when I read that, it was complicated and confusing, right? Yes. I didn't follow it as I was reading it.
0: <laughs> I remember at the beginning of things, you mentioned gambling, so I'm assuming that that's what you're talking about. Ooh. What else you got?
1: <laughs> okay, so basically, OTP is going under because of illegal casinos where you can also place bets on horses.
0: Okay, yeah. So that sounds familiar. Let's
1: all take... Really? You remember this story? No, I feel like we... Did we cover something like this? Oh, we cover OTP all the time, baby. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: no, the last one was in... Um, Uh, Oh, what's that neighborhood in the East 50s? Turtle Bay. They were upset that OTB had moved in there, I believe.
0: Right, 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 This
1: is now, you know, take, pass a hat for OTB, who's now struggling to compete with illegal casinos. Okay. So, oh, so the problem is the, oh, the clerks move too slowly. So Hmm. half, this is precisely when a half dozen illegal bookmakers get busiest, right there in the lobby of the Chatham Square Parlor, brazenly using OTB's own betting slips. To secure a steady fortune in illicit on-site wagerings. Too slow, says one pleased bookmaker, nodding towards the <laughs> packed, snaking lines at the illegal betting windows. Oh, at the legal betting windows, and that move with all the esprit of a motor vehicle bureaucracy. Ooh, sick, <laughs> a sick, yeah, it's a sick betting burn. burn. yeah. <laughs> cool in New York Times. People are going to start to doubt your uh, objectivity. What is this, OTB or DMV? <laughs> <laughs> No one cares, he added, smiling as he draws a contrast with his entrepreneurial colleagues who marketeer swiftly at the center of clusters of betters, enriching the bookmakers at the expense of the troubled OTB. I mean, I love I love a good New York leech story. Sure. I mean, this is literally just like showing up outside a froyo stand with like cheap I mean, what a weird analogy. Like a lemon <laughs> like a lemonade store. Okay, it's hard to come up with like a <laughs> it's a geico ad. Or whatever, you know what I mean? You, you all want what I, Everyone's following all this? I think it... Yeah, we're with you. Yeah. <laughs> this is a safe space, John. Uh, the parlor is a dank crowd. Oh, the scene at the Chinatown OTB parlor... Interrupted some days by arrests and tolerably small fines as the police enforce anti-gambling laws is a vivid demonstration of OTB's problems. The parlor is a dank, crowded box of a place that, like most OTB parlors, lacks bathrooms along with the crisp air of competitiveness. It has all the stylishness of a labor shape-up hall (laughs) as the (laughs) overflow of betters congregate outside, smoking and worriedly grasping for winners while local pedestrians step around the sidewalk nuisance. I wonder if this is the OTB by, what, Ludlow and Delancey? Could be. It's closed. It was open when I first moved to the city, and it was packed on Friday afternoons. I, that makes sense. Every time sense. I'd walk by it, packed, and this, it was exactly this scene. People on the streets smoking, looking at their stubs. <laughs> Have you ever been on a pony, Russ? Maybe at Belmont. Oh, wow. Once. Belmont Stakes, yeah. huh?
0: Yeah, not, not like... Just like one of the off. Not not for the Belmont Stakes. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, at just the, a like, race, though. Yeah, just a race. I think my brother and I went once. It's fun. Was it sad? No, it wasn't, it wasn't sad. It, I mean, look, it's fun. It, it does fun. all the things that it's supposed to do. Yeah, That's
1: true. That's
0: true. You know what I mean? It's yeah. programmed to make you get excited uh-huh. and very competitive about something you have no control over. Yeah, but you feel like you do, maybe. Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, and it happens... It happens very quickly, and then it's over very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And so there's that rush of, you know, either happiness or disappointment, let's try it again. Yeah. So it, like, it works. Gambling works, everybody.
1: Man, <laughs> I, I went to the track for the first time, like, a month ago at Santa Anita yeah. Track mm-hmm. in uh out here in Los Angeles, where David Milch lost all his money, and I bet on a horse, and it won. And I cool. won $25. Nice. Except I bet on the horse at the wrong track, <laughs> so I lost. I bet on the race that was happening, like in my head, but when I put the thing in the computer, I actually selected it for a different race <laughs> happening in Florida at the same time. In that race, wait, okay, I, I don't remember. It was confusing, okay, but bottom line is I bet on the wrong. I bet on the right horse on the wrong track. Oh, Literally only you. Yeah, because so I, I got so excited and then so depressed because <laughs> I bet like five bucks and I I made like 500 percent on it. You know what? This is a twist that
0: I had not anticipated when I was talking about the pros like the function of a race where it's just like yeah you go and you feel all of the things you're supposed to feel you feel happy or you feel sad and you're just like yeah I felt happy because I thought I should feel happy <laughs> but really I should have I managed to feel happy and sad about the same race
1: Absolutely. oh I hey, got my money's worth emotionally speaking there you go <laughs> you did yeah <laughs> well, I'm not paying that much money to feel one thing <laughs> Yeah, five bucks? No way. (laughs) Ah, that's all the news that's fit to print
0: this week. Love it. Love it. Bravo. I enjoyed this episode of Mad About You. I mean, of
1: course. Right? I mean, what's not? I remember this episode, too, vaguely. Uh,
0: Yeah, I've got lots to say about it.
1: Well, let's get into it. Let's do it. First off, we got Burger King himself back. BK, welcome back, baby. Back in the uh, folding seat. fold (laughs) the director's seat. And uh, it's written by Billy Grunfest and Paul Reiser. Yep. And for those of you who are curious, Billy Grunfest does a a great interview. So I remember the podcast because I was going to tell people to listen to the Anthony Clark episode last week. It's Barry Katz's podcast, Industry Standard. It's so great. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to that one. I mean, if you want like dorky, boring showbiz stories. But I don't know if you knew this about Billy Grunfest. He founded the Comedy Cellar.
0: I did know I read I did a little tiny bit of research on Billy Grunfest and yes, I saw that he founded yeah, the comedy. My I had no idea. Yeah, a few years ago they did a, a fundraiser. Maybe less than a few years ago. I think it was advertised on Facebook. Might have they were been doing a couple a fundraiser for the comedy <laughs> Yeah. Not a few, a couple. <laughs> Let's be precise. But yeah, they were doing a fundraiser for the comedy seller. Hosted by Billy Grunfest oh, yeah. and somebody else, the the founders who and they were doing like people who were there for the beginning of the comedy cellar. Yeah.
1: Oh man, that must have been a fun show. Pretty cool. You did go. Cool. Did you
0: go? I did not. No, no, no. I just found out about it a couple of weeks ago. And oh no! Ago. So late. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I found out about it a couple of weeks ago, and the thing happened a few weeks ago. So you understand, I just <laughs> missed it. Do you know who Barry Katz is? Uh, agent, right? Manager, yeah. Yeah, Do you know what he sounds like? I think I, I seen heard comedian him on a podcast. Yes, I've seen Comedian.
1: Do you remember all of you, I guess, listening? I'm not just talking to Russ. <laughs> Listeners, earmuffs for a second. John and I are going to talk about something. Do you remember when Orny Adams is, like, in the green room with his manager, George Shapiro, and he's complaining, and then this guy with a ponytail comes in, and he's like, listen, Orny, you just gotta, like... You know, you can't worry about the development deal, you know? Like, Seinfeld doesn't go up there and worry about the development deal or, what you know, what pilot he's going to get or what sitcom. You just got to go out there and do your act. I do not remember that. Really? It's been years since I've seen Comedian. Oh, I bet the listeners remember. Uh, it's a very memorable... Well, he's that guy. <laughs>
2: and That's then when awesome. he leaves, Warren,
1: he goes, why'd you let him talk to me like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Comedian was such a great, weird
0: movie. Oh, t- I've seen it 8,000 times. It's... uh ugh. Very, very good. You and I should go and see Orny Adams do stand-up. I would love to. Yeah, just to be like, you're complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My feelings about you are multifaceted and layered.
1: (laughs) That is what a lot of things are going for in comedy right now, I feel like. Uh, You're not wrong. Pretty on point. Cold open. (laughs) Feels like a Saturday afternoon in the living room. (laughs) I'll buy it. I love, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with the timelines on this show more than any other. You sure are. I like, I just like that it's always the (laughs) weekend. Like, you can always tell. Yeah. There's just a tone to it where you're like, oh, I get it. It's either a weekday, a weeknight, or a weekend day or (laughs) nights. Yeah. Yeah. You're right.
0: I love how you can tell that. You know, you turn Whoa. on the show and you just know that it's either a day or a night of a weekday or a weeknight. You just, there's something about
1: it. Yeah, unless it's that kooky, insane episode that we covered <laughs> a few weeks ago with, like, That's true. completely who, inconsistent uh, sons. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they're in the New York and Uranus. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Do you think that when we get to
0: season six, they're going to be getting experimental and being like, this episode of Mad About You exists outside of
1: time? <laughs> We open I mean, in a black void one can hope <laughs> so Paul is on the phone with the cable repair guy and mm-hmm. it's not going well does mm-hmm. it ever and Jamie's trying to fix it on her own
2: no no. the sound we have it's the picture not so much <laughs> Honey, Don't hit the TV huh oh he says we should hit the TV
0: <laughs> Bang it I like I like this I like this a whole lot uh, don't do that oh he says to do that
1: what you cut out oh where he says
0: don't bang it oh he says to bang it yeah <laughs> no it's perfect yeah love to see and paul then Ron. jamie
1: jamie doing her wavy dance yeah the cable guy wants to know what kind of waves around the tv yes yes which is fun yeah and yeah she does a great hula yeah
0: paul has his great line about <laughs> polynesian dancing i love
1: how man, i don't think this is all shows The customers, the people on the other end of the phone are always a little off on this show. Like the pizza guy won't give him the topping he wants. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They paint a picture of New York vis-a-vis phone conversations. Yeah. That is very negative and very funny. Yes. Everybody's, everybody's always looking for a fight.
1: And yeah, they're always, yes, which is true. Customer service in New York, it's always difficult. Yes. <laughs> They're not there to serve you. Agreed. So, scene Jamie, one. Oh yeah. Well, well. Before, Jamie, oh. here's
0: a little mini another Easter egg for you. Did you catch what Jamie bangs out on the TV before we cut to the theme?
1: Like the rhythm of the banging? Yes. Did I notice the rhythm of the banging on the TV? Yes. I was gonna have to is, say, Russ. I I didn't catch the okay. rhythm of the bang. It is definitely one thing. Is it, it
0: may be two things. The they are code? very close. I don't know. <laughs> She bangs out something that is... My, at first listen, I thought, oh, she banged out shave and a haircut. It sounds like she goes da 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 da, da. Oh, hold, but on. Then...
1: hold on, 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 hold on. There is a name for da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Yeah. And you know it? Well,
0: it goes shave and a haircut, two bits. It's from a song.
1: Like a song or like a jingle? What yeah. is that?
0: It's a jingle thing, yeah. Shave and a haircut, two bits, oh tip my. the barber, two bits, all together, one buck. Yeah, there are multiple, there are many lyrics. This was also a feature in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, Don't you, do you remember that? No. Clearly, no. There's a scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where Roger Rabbit is hiding, and Christopher Lloyd is trying to, to, to catch the tune to get Roger to come out of hiding. Sure. And so he goes around banging on, you know, tapping on things. That, 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 And he's expecting because he knows that it drives a cartoon crazy. So he's going and he goes over and he goes shave and a haircut. Uh, and then Roger bursts through the wall that he's hiding in and goes, Two bits. And Christopher Lloyd grabs him around the neck. So, yeah, shaving a haircut. Wow. Wait, does so anyone th- else know this? I think so. Let, I mean, us, look, if
1: you, let me know. Uh, I'd like to know. I'm, so, But here's the thing Tweet at Russ it's and either, let him know to it, let me tweet know. Tweet Russ,
0: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: tweet at <tweeted> me <laughs> to let John know.
0: <laughs> so, it's either shaving a haircut. Or, or, yeah. It also sounds very similar to the opening bongo part to the theme oh. to Mad About You.
1: Oh, now that is very satisfying. And
0: it's a smash cut. So you get Jamie going, da, diggity, ga, 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 ga. and then the drums kick in. Wow,
1: that's beautiful.
0: It's pretty cool. So one way or the, I'm not sure exactly no, what she's I banging. I think it's the. But it's close it's, enough. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. i like, <laughs> I hope. I hope it is. I think it is too. Jen firmly thinks it is.
1: You know the thing I didn't um, hear? I have a pretty strong opinion about what it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's what we do here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boy, shaven. I can't believe there's a. I just thought it was a knock. It's not just any knock. Wow. All right. Cool. Well, there scene you go. One. Wow. I'm going to see one like really empowered. <laughs> and now I'm going to hear shaving a haircut everywhere. All over the place. Yeah. So uh, this is also a rare moment, I feel like. Yeah. Where we come right back too. to the same scene immediately. Absolutely. Yes. The
0: cold open is immediately integrated into the thrust of the show. Yeah.
1: That was very satisfying. I agree. Paul is still on the phone and mm-hmm. they want him to stay home from eight to four. Classic cable hour joke. Right, right, great. Yep. It's always huh, it's always Love been it. a problem. Jamie, <laughs> at this point, though, Jamie's like split out on the couch watching the waviness of the TV and it's finding it very soothing. She's getting into it. For yeah, sure. it feels like a sharper image device. <laughs> and Paul's getting frustrated with the guy on the phone. Right. Oh, someone calls for Jamie. He tells him to call back. Someone calls over. Yeah, he yeah. says
0: call back and then he co- flips back
1: over and the person is no longer cable company is no longer on the phone. Right. So then Jamie's, like, curious who called, and then they do their little guessing game to figure it out. Who
2: was this? For you. It was a name, uh, name, first name, uh, one name, woman, woman's name. Diane? (laughs) Not Diane. Not Diane. Like Diane. (laughs) Diane.
0: Diane. Diane Diane Caldwell.
1: That's a fun bit. Oh, it's great. It's so, um, it is funny how you can think something sounds like something, but not trust that it is that thing until you talk, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm just I'm thinking. You. Yeah. <laughs> you know, very relatable. Very relatable. That's all. Absolutely. Where it's just, yeah, I could I
0: could definitely see myself doing that. Just hearing something. Oh, Diane? Is it Diane? No, no, no. And then being like, I would be much more embarrassed and just be like, you know, I think it was Diane. Yeah. I'm right. so sorry. Right.
1: I'm sorry I led us astray. <laughs> well, it's because he's not paying attention. Right. Because he's consumed with a cable guy. And it's like whenever I meet people in real life, I feel like I'm never paying attention. Oh, absolutely. When they say their name, because I'm like thinking about meeting them or something. Oh, I can't. I am so excited to get to say my name. Yeah. Isn't that funny, though? It's like, I know my name.
0: Yeah. I, oh, There's well, no I, just get, I just want to get to say it. I can't. I don't give a crap about your name. You know, you meet a new person and they're like, hi, I'm and I'm just like, shut up. When do we get to the part where I get to say my name? Yeah. I don't <laughs> care.
1: <laughs> I don't remember your name until I re-listen to this podcast every week. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thank God we repeat it. Yeah. And the only reason I listen to it every week is to hear my voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're all animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Jamie knows exactly who, which Diane it is, and calls her yep. back immediately at her hotel. Right. Because it is Diane Caldwell, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Spy Girl. Spy Girl. Very excited. Yeah. Paul is very interested in this. Yes. Paul says, and
0: this cuts deep and is funny. Paul says, you never told me Diane Caldwell was a client. And Jamie says that would require a conversation about me. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so great.
0: (laughs) You want to talk about narcissism? Yeah. No, I know. I mean,
1: that's probably why we both, well, a little why we both loved him as a kid. Oh, yeah. Felt familiar. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, from Jamie's perspective, she's just sort of like a high maintenance
2: pain in the ass client i used to love her man when i was nine i wanted to marry her when i was 30 i wanted to marry her diane hi jamie did your plane get in all right tell her i used to love her what do you mean they wouldn't give you peanuts tell her i'm sorry there was turbulence i requested a non-turbulent flight i can't believe i hung up on spider
1: Diane, why don't
2: you just do this? Why don't you get settled? Oh, I'm so stupid. Diane, the presidential suite is a deluxe room. What? Tell her I didn't know it was her. And I'll see you at 7.30. Okay, looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Go away, go away, go away.
1: Okay, so for those who have put this together, she's basically, I mean, she is Barbara Felt. She's played by Barbara Felt.
0: <laughs> she's played by Barbara Feldon. But it basically feels was, like Get
1: Smart. Oh yeah, who
0: was? Yes. Yeah, Barbara Feldon was famously Agent 99 on Get Smart.
1: Indeed. Yes. And this feels like Spy Girl was probably a serious spy show.
0: Yeah, she was probably the, she was the, the star where yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. She was like a female TV James Bond.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I have to tell a quick story about Barbara Feldon if you don't mind. I I would never mind that. So spy girl? Yes, my uh, yes. So basically, this entire episode happened to me in real life because oh, when no. I was when I was a high school senior. Uh, oh no. A teacher in my school named Mr. Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. Well who we haven't even gotten there yet. His name was Mr. Bon Jovi.
1: Russ, you understand how insane that is, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah 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 back oh, out on what Long a Island Long Island bon teacher name if I ever heard one. Well well here's the thing. John and my bon Jovi... science teacher, Mrs.
0: Billy Joel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one Mr. word.
0: Well bon-, bon Jovi is one word and Bon Jovi John Bon Jovi spells it you know, uh he he changed the spelling of his name to B O N Space J O V I to be a rock star. But it's normally spelled Bon Jovi, just like this guy. Anyway, <laughs> he was my he was my psych teacher. And in the first day of classes, psych. he's going around the room. Psych. Yeah, that's that's what psych class is that, in, that's
1: your lesson for today. on Long Island. Yeah.
0: All right. Christopher he's Columbus a, was a bad guy. Psych. He's how to really mess with people. Yeah, the earth is flat. Psych. Psych. <laughs> Joey Bonafuco so
1: was a bad guy. Psych. Psych. He was a hero. Here he is. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Mr. Bon Jovi is asking us about ourselves and <laughs> just little tidbits. Do we have any trivia about ourselves? And one girl in my class says, "My cousin is Barbara Felden," and Mr. Bon Jovi oh, loses oh, his no, mind. That's
1: so funny <laughs> oh, because it's just no. like Paul yeah, and sure. this
0: this crush on. But everybody in America oh, really wow. felt the way. That Paul and Ira do in this episode. So he's just like, Barbara Feldon? Really? Huh. <gasps> oh, age of 99. That's uh, that's unbelievable. I had, and he's telling us, it, we, we are students. And he's like, I had such a crush uh, on Barbara Felden. Well, you're seniors though, right? Yeah, well, see, mixed. It's an elective. So it's like sophomores through seniors. Sure, okay. But but still, he's look, he's not getting explicit. Yeah. He, he's not saying I had such a crush. Oh, the things I would do to Barbara Felden. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> Yeah, just it's harmless enough. So throughout the semester, he would like check in. He would just be like, So, any Barbara Felden news? And he's just like, She's nope. He's like, Okay. You tell her I say hi. Also, like, and then one day, yeah, she brought in the signed headshot for him. He loses it. Aww. And he like she signs it, Agent 99. He I think she also brought in like an action figure of her oh. which he kept he kept on his desk and every now and again he was also like he's like a funny wacky guy sure so some of it he would like play up for humor yeah and like so in the you know he's taking a we're all taking a cl- uh, a test and he would go over and like <laughs> adjust his barbara felden action figure on his desk that's funny so like that's the heightened version but deep down very much in love with barbara yeah. felden wow so yeah, when this episode happened, I was just like, "Oh, this is striking quite a chord."
1: <laughs> Boy, what a great! Wouldn't it be great if that girl was just lying, <laughs> and she like knew where she could get her hands on an autographed headshot? Yeah, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, my cousin's Barbara Feldon," and then psych. Just, like she plants I, that. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got you. This is psych class. It's my such cousin a great is not Barbara Feldman, teacher. <laughs>
0: ah, I wish I could use that. Uh, look, use it. Use it in your daily life. Go into work. Yeah, my from, cousin
1: who, not a bad my idea. cousin is Barbara Felden. Clearly not a close cousin because the right. age disparity. Yes. There was, there was the some distance. It's the kind of cousin but, where uh, it's like you hear that they're your cousin at some point from someone who
0: met them once right. when they were three. Right. <laughs> like, right. Botmitch was only.
1: You, yeah. <laughs> you, you right. You see
0: them in, in large family gatherings. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's see. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So she's like basically aged in 86 or uh, 99, I mean. Right. Uh, Don Adams was 86, of course. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, so we find out Jamie's in charge of the PR for this woman's... What's her name? Diane. Diane Caldwell's new memoir. Yes. About being Spy Girl.
0: Yes. Jamie is very frustrated. Not only do I have to promote this book, I have to read it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really... As you can all guess, this is not her typical reading fair. No.
0: It's not her typical reading fair. It's not her typical client. No. She she does not... It's a little beneath her,
1: intellectually. For sure. Yes. And also, just like... She just doesn't like her personality. Yeah. She sounds high maintenance. Yes. And diva ish. Sure. So Paul was obsessed. Apparently, Spy Girl used to wear these boots. Yes. And go-go when Jamie's boots. flipping through the the book, he's like, ooh, are there are any pictures of her with the go go boots. hmm Which okay, Paul. But like, did he not grow up in New York City? Look. You know what I mean? He's so sheltered. It's like
0: Yes, he might have grown up on New York City, but also if you've got a childhood crush, sure, on sure, a person, sure. you know. Yeah, it's it's a whole you. package, it's
1: a whole thing. I I just think, as we all know, the opening credits to the Odd Couple TV series, many girls in go-go boots walking around the streets of New York (laughs) with Jack Klugman gawking. I thought you were going to be like, look, I understand where Paul's coming from.
0: I fell for older men wearing Mets caps because of the opening (laughs) of the Odd
1: Couple. No, I just learned from Jack. (laughs) Oh, but there is one other thing in the book that does turn Paul on. Yes.
2: how confident she is. Oh, you know, she's holding a bazooka. <laughs> Do you find that attractive? Very much so, yes. A bazooka. <laughs> boy, oh boy.
1: Yeah, that classic, uh, that is such a classic American male thing that I never got. Paging Dr. Freud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what that is? I think a little. Interesting. It's yeah. pretty phallic. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. Paging Dr. Freud. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb that really tickles me well Uh, good so jamie vents about how the actress is nothing like the character because you know the character's running around saving the world right and the actress is a petty pain right
2: i hate to burst your bubble but diane caldwell is no spy girl what do you mean oh she's whiny demanding and she calls me karen well in her defense let me just say this she was brainwashed by Scrum. scrum yes Society for the Corruption and Ruination of Universal Mankind. So then
1: they get into the, like, mythology of Spy Girl.
2: I laughed
0: hard at at Jamie saying she calls me Karen and him saying, well, in her defense, she was brainwashed by
1: Scrum. Oh, yeah, (laughs) right. Right. Wait, what did Scrum stand for again? I do not recall. Oh, no, me neither. I was going to write it down and then I forgot to write it down. Yeah, well, you were brainwashed, so. Yeah. Makes sense. Also, to be fair. That's how Scrum gets you. Because I rushed a little to get these notes down, I... Wrote down the clips, but not always what they had in the (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So so you folks may have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) That's why we're not commenting on every every clip as much as normal. (laughs) We're in the ballpark. Okay, sue me. (laughs) If you want to sue John, just tweet at me. (laughs) In fact, subpoena Russ. (laughs) 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 And he'll let me know. Yeah, they'll come up to you and say, excuse me, are you Jonathan Marbley? And you'll say, no. And they'll say, you've been served. Well, (laughs) we knew you'd say that. Yeah. (laughs) Interestingly enough, though. So Scrum, of course, is a play on Chaos, the evil organization from Get Smart. Right. Did you know Chaos was supposed to be an acronym, but then they never, (laughs) they like forgot to come up with it? No, I didn't. According to Wikipedia, at least. No, I,
0: I did not. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, like all of like that feels like Spectre. Also, which is the James oh, Bond. Oh, I don't know thing.
1: that. Oh, uh, right. Ugh, snooze.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all of James Bond is a snooze festival? Honestly, almost yeah.
1: all of it, yeah. Okay. I like the Pierce Brosnan I ones. Oh, and the Daniel Craig ones, I guess.
0: Yeah. The old are so, ones are I haven't,
1: so boring.
0: Look, I have not seen a lot of them.
1: Me neither, because they're boring. They're fun. They're boring. They're boring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Jamie invites Paul to dinner with her in Spy Girl, and Paul is beside himself. So happy. So excited. So, then the doorbell goes off, and it's Ira. And <laughs> this time he's wearing. T- I think tracking Ira's outfits is sort of fun and interesting.
0: Ira's outfit is insane. But in, an, in a show full of <laughs> insane outfits. This is the most insane
1: thing I've seen. I I don't think think so. He looks like a rock star. He looks like a wedding singer. Rock star. He looks like a musician. He looks ridiculous. He
0: is wearing this gold (laughs) blousey sleeve.
1: He's wearing a silk shirt, Russ. Let's not act like it's a crazy novelty thing.
0: He's wearing a puffy silk shirt that is like a black and gold hybrid.
1: I guess that's fair.
0: (laughs) With a vest. Yes. Because he's on Mad About You, so that gold shirt is buttoned up all the way to the top. <laughs> That's the way everybody wears everything on this show. I you think it's
1: the show and not the time period. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's the time period, but
0: look, all we have to go on is this show. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, and then he's wearing jeans and
1: red Chuck Taylors. It is nutso. That sounds like a classic, like, hipstery kind of musician guy to me. Kind of. Fine. Kind of. Fine. <laughs>
0: then, all of those musicians look crazy, well, which is probably true.
1: I mean, yeah. Have you looked at any photo from the Grammys ever? I don't know, John. Have you? I don't know now. <laughs> 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 yeah. People look crazy. Ira musicians look particularly crazy. Particularly crazy. You know, oh. at the end of the day, Iris is an artist, and, uh, you know, he's got his own... Uh, he's an expressive personality. That is true. I'm always sticking up for their clothes. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Clothes and (laughs) timelines. That's my field. The plight of John Marble. (laughs) lines and times. (laughs) So Jamie, yeah, okay, so that, okay, so Ira comes in. Oh, apparently he's coming over because their plan was to sneak into, quote, all three movies. Now, do oh. you think they each picked a movie and that was the plan? Or do you think there's some trilogy playing somewhere that they never mention again in this episode, like the Godfather or something? Was Jamie supposed to go with them? Yeah, it sounded like it because she was like, I don't know if I can go, I think. Right. Or was okay. that just Paul?
0: When he came over, I thought that it was just going to be him and Paul going out and that Jamie had this work thing.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes but sense. I that wasn't makes sure. Sense. I
0: wasn't sure if the work thing came about immediately. Right. And Jamie had to bail, and then
1: Jamie invited Paul. Regardless, we're talking about it like we're friends with yeah. them, and something happened, and we're like, "What? What? Wait, what was their deal that night?" <laughs> Look, when I met Paul Reiser last week, he asked how much trivia is there. Yeah,
0: and I told him we got pretty deep. What I didn't tell him was, oh, we tried to decide <laughs> what the plans were. <laughs> of the people. It's not trivia as much yeah. as the kind of anal retentive psychosis I mean, that
1: it's fan the people fiction, on really. the show have. I mean, what is this? <laughs> this is fan fiction, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just like, "Hey Paul, you know how you pretended to be Paul Buckman? We're really like him."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about it. It's <laughs> really sobering, Russ. <laughs> uh so Paul Paul is die like the fact that Paul is going to dinner with Diane Caldwell, and that's the reason he has to cancel with IRA, makes him so excited it's making his life yeah, and he breaks the news to IRA in with, with like the most braggadocio delivery that you've ever seen in your life
2: This one see, my lovely bride has invited me to go to dinner tonight with uh, with a client of hers well that's cool mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you like to know who? Okay. Why do I care <laughs> Well, you might just in the sense that. This is somebody you once worshipped. You having dinner with Ron Swoboda? (laughs) Taller, prettier, shapelier legs. Ed Grainpool?
1: (laughs) We're having dinner with Diane Caldwell.
2: Spy Girl? Why did you do that? I
1: couldn't stand it anymore. Oh,
2: you're having dinner with Spy Girl. Better. I'm having dinner with her and you're not.
1: Oh, I forgot to look up these names. Ron Swoboda and Ed Greenpool.
0: I figured you might have looked them up. You did not get them quite right. It is Ron Swoboda, okay, and and Ed Cranepool. What are these ballplayers? Yeah, they are both nineteen sixty nine Mets. Ah, uh, yeah, I knew those names from from the outset. Yeah, sure, Ron Swoboda I bet. made a made a big catch in the World Series. Whoa! And Ed Cranepool was a heavy hitting Met, and he was on the team for I think. I think he's the longest tenured, like he he was a Met his entire career, and not a whole lot of people did that. Wow! And I think he has, I think he has most games played uh, as a Met. Very cool. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, those are some names that made me smile.
1: Yeah, I bet. Oh, I bet you were beside yourself. Yeah, very excited. It was, it's a, it was a very funny run of names, even if I didn't know who they were, I was enjoying it immensely. Yes. <laughs> so when, so Jamie punctures. <laughs> of course, all the tension, and just comes out with it, upsetting Paul, because Paul wanted right. to drag it out all day, it seems. <laughs> but when Ira finds out it's with Diane Caldwell, he Paul gets the reaction he wants, which is insane jealousy. Right. And Ira wants an invite. Yeah, Ira's not having it. He's twisting it back on Paul, saying, I would never do this to you. Yeah, right. And then we learn that apparently these two had like the classic spy girl cousin rivalry, mm-hmm. as cousins did back then.
2: Right my whole life i got the spy girl thermos so you had to get the lunch box then i got the, the doll you got the action set then i got the badge you had to get the walkie talkies you got
1: the doll <laughs>
2: it wasn't a doll i say doll it was like a like a like a little statue it was a doll it wasn't a doll the whole family was worried
1: and then we got a little classic 90s bout of gay panic Sure, with the the, yeah. the little doll bit at the end there.
0: Yeah, there's with 30 seconds clip. in here that makes me really unhappy and uncomfortable. <laughs> the gay panic about the doll thing, God followed up by Bid. Paul, <laughs> followed up by Paul saying, "I'm having dinner with the actual thing itself," and I was like, "Hey, Paul, <laughs> don't call women things."
1: Do you think that was a joke? Jesus.
0: Yeah. Say again. That was a joke, I think. It is a bad joke. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, he was relating it to. Right. To objects. Yeah. You had these dolls. I'm having dinner with the actual thing itself. As I'm
1: trying to justify
0: it, it is still terrible. Well,
1: what's happening right now is I'm taking the Josh Molina route and you're taking the Rishi route
0: where I'm saying (laughs) Aaron Sorkin
1: writes sometimes misogynist characters and you're saying. Nope, they had no idea what they were going for in this episode. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say Paul and Billy knew exactly what they were doing, and it's a perfectly sensical line.
0: A sexy line?
1: Sensical. Sensical? Okay. Sensible.
0: I, I'm fine with both. Am I? I? Thought that, I was laughing. I thought you said, it's a perfectly sexy line. I'm <laughs> like, John, <laughs> we gotta talk. <laughs> yeah, it's a great line
1: for a toots like her. <laughs> I do we love that the run. Our, the, it's like, <laughs> in, in just like the merch world, it's sort mm-hmm. of like a triptych of greater than less than merch items. Yes. <laughs> like, like, it's a great run of like, yeah, Thermos is worse than a lunchbox. Sure. Dolls worse than a set. Yeah. And a badge is worse than walkie-talkies.
0: It's fun to think about that. And you know that that was a writer's room just thinking. Okay, so what right. are things? What can they get, and what's worse than that? Yeah. And then just fighting about. No way is the walkie-talkie uh, worse than. I could talk uh, about that doll. all day.
1: Just, yeah, <laughs> but it sounds like Iris' family maybe had a little more money. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that explains all those silk shirts. <laughs> so Jamie keeps calling can't out.
0: Can't buy taste. <laughs> you can't buy taste.
1: <laughs> money can't buy you class. <laughs> Jamie keeps calling out how the the two of them are acting like children, and then we find out that they both wrote letters to Spy Girl, and she only wrote back to Ira. Yep. But Paul believes that it was a conspiracy and that Ira never mailed his letter. Yeah, this was
0: a short-lived conspiracy because Ira cops to it very quickly. Do you think
1: that was real? What? That Ira didn't mail the
0: letter? Yeah, he says it right after.
1: Yeah, but I thought him saying that was to just mess with Paul even more and make him like really wonder um, even harder. It could be, but I, I think I bought it. I, I think I'm, I should, I think for everyone's benefit, I should just go along with that. With I think we can take
0: this character at their word. I mean,
1: you know what they say about Billy uh, Grunfest and Paul Reiser's episode about about you? It's all subtext.
0: Sure, he's always doing the double blind. Yeah, Do- always, always double back. <laughs> But can we really trust what he's saying? That's the, <laughs> this is now the second time we're going to talk about Trump. It's just like that. Oh yeah, sure, he said that. But do we
1: really believe that right. that's what it is? Yeah, Ira as a Trumpian figure thirty years, twenty years before the presidency. Yeah, let's take Ira at his word. Now I'm going to go back sleaze. to school. Yeah. <laughs> so the next scene. Wow, that was only scene one too. Mm-hmm. Epic. That's epic. Huge. Beautiful long scene. I love when sitcoms have long scenes. <laughs> So I really do. I talk about it a lot. Okay. So scene two. We're at the Russian tea room. Finally. Very fancy. Almost expected and dreamed that Selby might be working there (laughs) after, after learning what it was in episode two or whatever.
0: Alas, he was not. Now, Since Selby is now on a topic of conversation, now is as good a time as any to mention that Jen brought to my attention a connection between Selby and this episode because are you familiar with the movie Back to the Beach? Mm-mm. Back to the Beach was I've seen it a few times. Jen loved this movie. She grew up on it. It was Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon mm. did like did an ironic self-aware really beach movie in the 80s. Really? Where yeah, they were parents and they were going they had to go back to the beach. They, oh, like, that's they, funny. They, and it was
1: Is it period? It was, is it like Gidget era, but made in the eighties?
0: No, it no, it takes place in the eighties.
1: Interesting.
0: And Lori Lachlan is their daughter. What? Yeah. Pee Wee Herman's got a bit in it. It's this weird, funny movie. It's a fun movie, yeah. It's it's really fun. And Lori Lachlan's boyfriend in the movie <gasps> is... Tommy Hinkley? Tommy Hinkley. Yep, oh. he's Tommy Hinckley and How did we also get here again? Russian Tea Room and also well because you mentioned Selby, so Tommy Hinckley. That's right. Okay, played, <laughs> we know, got here through me. Okay, Tommy Hinckley was in it and also in this episode in uh, in Back to the Beach rather. Yeah, is playing the harbor master in Back to the Beach is Don Adams
1: <gasps> from Whoa, Get Smart. What a weird full circle. There we go. Oh my god! Did everyone follow that? So Selby and Diane's other
0: <laughs> Barbara Feldman's
1: I don't even know if I'd start other co-star. There. I would say We're in a
0: movie together.
1: We got we got Barbara Feldman at the Russian T I'm Mad About You. We got Barbara Feldman, Don Adams gets smart. Don Adams in the Beach movie. Tommy Hinckley in the Beach movie. Tommy Hinckley and Mad About You. Oh! Boom. Take a drink. We did it. Was that it? Anyone <laughs> For anyone listening, who that was satisfying for? I I guess that's why uh, I don't. I got nothing to say. You get <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're we're happy to have provided that.
1: <laughs> yeah, <to you. laughs> I think it was uh, one person. So How did, at the Russian Tea Room, oh, they talk boy, about that girl. So satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know anything really except the reference. But uh, you guys yes, to say about too. that girl. Nope. They got a fun. It's a fun little homonym joke again. Mm-hmm. Like the Annette. Mm-hmm. A net. Yes. That girl. What girl? A net, yeah. So Paul's wearing a suit and tie, but he's Mm -hmm. wondering if he should have won his turtleneck like a spy.
2: Right. Just remember, she liked turtlenecks. Spy girl liked turtlenecks in
0: 1968. Besides, it doesn't fit. Meaning what? It clings. It bunched up right here.
1: You
2: know, there is a side of you that I forget about sometimes. I'm just trying to bring you down to Earth. Okay, well, I'm on Earth. I'm fine. I know. I'm having dinner with my wife and her client. Diane Caldwell, not Spy Girl. I understand. Do you think she would sign my Spy Girl ID card?
1: That's very popular back then. Yeah, basically, should he have dressed like Don Adams? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And she's a little I love that she like he's like, boy, this really brings out a side of you that I forget about. (laughs) This critical, semi superficial, like, I mean, her job is all about image and presentation. It's amazing, actually, how little that comes up at home.
0: It's true. Well, yes, but also she is very particular and especially with him. Just, you know, wear this. Don't say that. Please do this. I guess you're I'm right, yeah. publicly relating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, relating. Uh, publicly. Publicly. Okay, so then uh, the major d' leads Spy Girl in, and it's ah. Barbara Feldman back on the small screen. Agent 99. Mm-hmm. Now, Russ, I looked yes. into her resume. First okay. off, if anyone wants to do a real deep dive on Barbara Feldman, there's a great, she did an interview on uh, Gilbert Godfrey's Colossal Amazing Podcast. Oh, cool. And it's like a two-hour interview or something with her. Neat. It's great, but her first two gigs were on TV shows that both fascinate me to no end. The first was called, they were both in 1964. The first was called East Side, West Side. Hmm. You ever hear of that? No. Neil Brock is a young social worker in the slums of New York City. His boss is Frida Hecklinger, and Jane Foster is the office secretary. The dramatic series features stories about child abuse, drug abuse, ripoffs of the welfare system crime etc i.e all the problems of the inner city 1963 only 26 episodes in 1963 yeah george c scott was the lead wow yeah no i know don't you want to see it cecily tyson's in it too yeah that sounds like a really good show martin sheen is in two episodes how cool i know right i so that and then the other one which i really Mm. want to see (laughs) is called mr broadway oh my goodness tell me everything no. <laughs> the Life and Times of a Press Agent and Man About Town. Okay. Starring Craig Stevens, who I don't know him. They did 13 episodes and it seems like another series regular was a Japanese woman named Lani Miyazaki playing the role of Toki, huh. which I feel like was surprising. That's probably of note. Right. Yeah, 1964 and uh Lauren Bacall is in two episodes. I'm sure they wrote that Japanese woman very tastefully. Yeah. <laughs> She's playing Mickey Rooney. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Lauren McCall's in two episodes. Wow. I know, right? Cool. Oh, and you'll love this. Guess who writes the uh, music for that show and the theme song? Your boy, I think. I've got a lot of boys. Dave Brubeck. Oh, yeah. He's a boy. I mean, you got to throw the theme song in if it's him, right? Cool. So I really want to, I got to get my hands on these. This, this to me almost feels like Paley Center visit worth worthy. I mean, you can certainly, did you You try YouTube? That's a genuine question. I did a little, it doesn't seem like there's any full episodes on there. Just like little clips, like one or two and the theme song is on there. Yeah. Then Paley Center. Absolutely. I've never been, but this would get me there.
0: I mean, i you have been. I, w- You've I would been? have thought you totally would have. I, I never have, but it seems like the sort of thing that you would. You love old TV way more than I do.
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you what I don't love. Libraries. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it always seem too complicated to go. I get it. But I should just go. Maybe we'll go together someday.
0: Oh, I would love to go. I would love to go into the city with you and sit next to you and watch a different thing wearing headphones and not talk to you for a few hours. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So, oh, so we get her entrance, and it's a great yes. bad about you entrance. She comes in very full of something. She's venting about her cabbie. Right. He
2: tells me he can't cut through the park like I've never been in New York before. And, of course, he can't hear me because the sitar music is so loud. And every time he steps on the gas, 40 Madonnas fall on his lap.
1: Okay, so what do you think is going on here with the cabbie description? Lots of stuff. Do you think it's a joke about all the different types of cabbies, or do you think it's a joke about how unusual it would be to maybe find a very Catholic Indian driver. Yeah, uh, I think it's the first. I think so, too. Which I think is very funny. Yes. I wish it would have gone longer, almost. (laughs) Yeah, how many other things there were? (laughs) It's 40, 40 what, rosaries or something?
0: 40 Madonna. Madonna,
1: that's it, right? Oh, Madonna the singer?
0: No, I think Madonna. Right,
1: yeah, okay. Yeah, Mary. That's what I thought, yeah. Uh
0: Did that just get crushed for you? Where you were? Just it like, did. Oh. I was like,
1: oh, it's just like an Indian guy who likes Madonna.
0: No, no. But yeah, line. sitar music plus prayer cards. Yeah, absolutely. That's There's great. There's lots there.
1: I, uh, that's, I love that. I love cab driver stereotypes.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: who doesn't? Well, because <laughs> besides cab drivers, it's it's uh, a, <laughs> it's just um, it's like a. Touchstone for like the mm-hmm. diversity Of the city you know what I mean uh-huh. It's like a way. It's a place you can look to sort of like It's a place you can start from when you think about
0: Oh I'm gonna look I wonder when they Started but I wonder if I can find Out if there was any overlap between when Mad About You was on and Taxi Cab Confessions
1: when it was on HBO Have fun <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy That is the most dumb boring show I've ever seen in my life <laughs> Watch drunk people rambling in the back of a cab For an hour Get out of
0: here.
1: (laughs) I'd rather listen to two sober people rambling for two hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. (laughs) So, so, oh, yeah. Okay. So she comes in, she sits down at their booth, Uh and Paul immediately, oh, so like before she came in, Jamie was a little concerned that Paul was going to be like such a big fanboy. And he's like, no, right. don't worry. I get it. We're here for your work dinner. But, of course, as soon as she gets there, Paul becomes a nightmare. He starts right. with, I'm a big fan. Then he mm-hmm. shows her his membership card to, like, the Spy Girl gang or whatever.
0: Well, yeah, because she sets him up beautifully. He says, yeah. I'm a very big fan. She says, join the club. He says, I did. Yeah, and right. shows his fan club card. So,
1: <laughs> And then, though, he starts peeking under the table to see if she's wearing the boots. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. It's like
0: Paul. We need you to be a little bit not nuts.
1: <laughs> so she's being very chill and polite, actually, mm-hmm. which is funny because Jamie painted her is such a, a nightmare, right? No, she's being she's but being so just far, fine. Yeah, she's pretty chill, and Jamie's like she, you know she's more than just Spy Girl, and she rattles off some of her theater credits like right. Shakespeare in the Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I looked up Barbara Feldon's theater credits. Uh-huh. She's got a few. Sure. Love, Loss, and What I Wore, of course. Everyone remembers that. Great. <laughs> Russ, you saw that? I did not. A, a thousand I, I times. I should have. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, I missed out on that, too. A little. Yeah. I feel like I saw so many clips on different theater shows in New York that I really get yeah. it. You know what I mean? It was very popular recently. Yeah, for a real minute there. Yeah. That was Nora Ephron, right? Yep. Yeah. Barbara Felden uh, did a show called Cut the Ribbons in the same space, the West Side Theater downstairs space, with Donna McKechnie. That's kind of cool. Speaking cool. of Marvin Hamlish, Cool. And then she did uh, two shows on Broadway. She did Caligula in 1960. Wow. I know. Yikes. Uh, the stage version of the pornographic film. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interesting. It was directed by Sidney Lumet. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know he directed Broadway. Nor did I. Yeah, look at that. And then she did a, past, a play called Past Tense in 1980, which I've I never heard of. I not know it. No. It's uh, Circle in the Square. Okay. Oh, a two-hander. Yeah, Circle in the Square is a tiny space. I like it. Well, yeah, you could fit more than two actors in there.
0: Sure. <laughs> but, like, that's where... I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that that's where they did True West.
1: with Oh, Kose that was Homer on Hoffman Broadway? John C. Riley. I thought that yeah. was at The Public. Nope. Really? That was on... Yep. Did it start at The Public? I don't know. Might have. Can anyone... Uh... Oh, might not have. <laughs> Wait, did you actually see it? I did not. Uh, you were right. It was Circle in the square. Very good. Yeah. Wow. I've never seen True West. I've only read it. I have also never seen it. But yeah, it's a good read. Yeah, good, good read. Play. Good read. Good yeah. play. So, Five Girl launches into a story about Adam West... And yes, now Jamie becomes. Yeah. Oh, I know. So topical. Yeah.
0: Adam West just passed away a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Adam West was the original Batman on TV, Uh you know, in the cartoony Batman. I don't mean that in the pejorative sense. Right. So Jamie, though, is totally enamored by Adam West and sort of melts the way Paul did before. Yeah. The shoe's really on the other foot.
2: Oh, you you know, I remember years ago I was talking to Adam West. Adam West? You mean mean like Batman Adam West? You know Adam West? (laughs) Intimately. Wow, really? It's in my book.
1: Yeah, but she also gets caught having not read (laughs) Diane's book.
0: (laughs) This is a recurring theme
1: in this episode. Yes, that's a fun bit. Yeah, clearly Jamie has no intentions of ever fully getting through this book in any serious way.
0: Mm -mm. She just has Mm -mm. to get through the book signing, and that's it. There you go. Off she goes.
1: So the whole point, though, was Adam West told Diane that no matter what you do, the public just sees you as the thing that they knew you for.
0: Yes, that is part of the point. (laughs) The other part of the point is that Diane uh, slept with Adam West.
1: Oh, right, yes. Very important. (laughs) Comes up later. But uh, so Paul believes that he has a story...
2: (laughs) (laughs) that relates to this story with Adam West. And I painted this stupid painting. It was just a a guy sitting in a canoe. And my parents thought it was so terrific, you know, and and they were so proud of it. So to this day, whenever we go to the house, all right, we go to the house. It doesn't matter what I've done, what I've accomplished in my work or my adult life. They always say the same thing. Show them the picture with the canoe. (laughs) (laughs) You can feel the confidence so
1: Sort or like you could feel the insecurity in the delivery of the story, you know, as John, it builds to show them the canoe. I am, cl-
0: yeah, it's so great. Yes, you can. You didn't I do this cl- to Paul Riser, did you? No, I didn't, but I might as well have. <laughs> I am clearly a guy who has a story tangentially related to anything that anybody oh, ever said. That's says. true. So, this hits <laughs> hard. <laughs> But now I'm going to embarrass my brother with a similar situation. Oh my gosh, yeah. Years ago, we went and saw Matthew Broderick on Play Broadway. And how to suce- oh. <laughs> on how, yeah, and How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And afterwards, at the stage door, we met him. And first of all, when he came out, we said, Bueller, Bueller, because oh, we were hilarious. Oh my gosh. So for, we were the worst from the word go. And then he's signing stuff, and he comes over to us, and my brother, this is true, my brother used to look like Matthew Broderick, and people used to say that he looked like him. So my brother says to Matthew Broderick, you know, uh, I I want to tell you, when I was a kid, (laughs) people would always say to me that I looked like you. And Matthew Broderick just looks up at my brother, looks him in the face, and goes, okay, and moved on to the next person. So, Uh, so so having, yeah, I've been on a lot of different sides of this kind of scenario and none of them are fun. Yeah. Uh, Um, This, the one where my brother embarrassed himself was probably kind of fun. Oh
1: (laughs) my gosh. There was just something about the, the tenor in people's voice when they say to a famous person, so I have to tell you. Oh, no, you do not. (laughs) (sighs) So. Oh, Barbara <laughs> Feldon's face also is so funny when she's watching the story unfold. Yes. Oh. like It's a, <laughs> a slow motion train wreck. Just the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, right. So then we get a very, in my opinion, I love Lucy moment, <laughs> which set up earlier where Ira's like, I want to go to dinner, which is sort of like Lucy being like, I want to be in the show. Right. And then this is the scene where Ira just injects himself <laughs> forcefully into it. Dude just shows up. He shows up wearing the turtleneck. Yeah. He's dressed in the in the outfit that Paul wishes he had dressed in, with a cigarette yep, in his mouth. He walks in like a yeah, spy. He's,
0: he's got a Virginia Slim for some reason. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> and uh, he just sort of casually walks by and notices them and feigns surprise. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, Paul and Jamie, what are you doing here?" Says he just wandered into the dressing tea room. <laughs> <by> <laughs> a coincidence. And I replace this scene when they introduced him to Diane like a master. Oh, perfect.
2: Ira, uh, this is Diane. Diane, this is uh, Ira. You're Diane Caldwell, aren't you? Yes, and no, I'm not wearing the go-go boots. <laughs> go-go boots? Uh, Spy Girl. Oh, oh, from the show on television, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, no, 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 I remember seeing you in King Lear a few years ago. Really? You were just great. Oh. Yeah, right, like you went to King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And I was captivated? <laughs> yeah, right. Like you were captivated.
1: I mean, he is like, what's his name on a violin? <laughs> what's his name? Not Yitzhak Rabin. <laughs> Yitzhak, Yitzhak Rabin. <Berlin. laughs> I'm so glad that we <laughs>
0: talk. I'm I'm glad you're in my life.
1: <laughs> uh, was, I was in the ballpark. You were. He might play you the were.
0: violin. I don't know. I don't think so.
1: R.I.P. Perlman does, right? Perlman does. (laughs) Ron Perlman from Drive.
0: (laughs) From Drive. Oh, gosh. From O.J.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, yes, he shows up. He sits down at Diane's request.
1: Yeah, she's into it.
0: she is aggressively into it. Yeah. Where she's just like, you know, you should sit down, you should join us. And Jamie's like, Oh, he doesn't have to. And she's like, Yes, he does.
2: Always room for a man in a turtleneck.
1: I Yeah, right. And on that moment, as he slides in and puts his arm around, or I don't know if he puts his arm around her. I think he does. Right. He's just staring at Paul <laughs> yeah. in the proudest right. way. And Paul is so mad. Yeah. It's very funny. It's very fun. Uh, so the next scene is that night in the bedroom. Jamie's uh-huh. doing whatever teeth maintenance she's always doing in there. Right. And uh, Paul comes in wearing his white turtleneck.
0: <laughs> right. Try, yes.
1: Trying to prove that it's not bunching the way she thought. <laughs> and then we learn. It looks that... good on him. But yeah, also, yeah. everything
0: that she said is right. It's kind of clingy and it bunches. <laughs>
1: yeah. So Ira walked Spygirl back to her hotel, apparently. Mm-hmm. And Paul's jealousy brings up a conversation about fantasies they might have about other people. Yep.
2: Tell me you don't. No. Listen, I I don't have those desires anymore. Well, you used to. Yeah, well, it went away. When? March. Middle of March last year. March 11th, I was filled with desires, and on the 12th, there were no more desires. Like that. It just went away.
1: You're trying to tell me you don't have fantasies about other people?
2: No. Why? You? Well, of course. Okay, I do
1: too. <laughs> well, I really didn't want them to go there because I was terrified <laughs> this would turn into the wedding again. I told you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Ooh, they love doing that, don't they? And it doesn't yep. so far. Right. right. We just learn. Uh, well. Yes. They're willing to go there, so Paul wants to know. They're, they get, it, Oh boy, it's just like the wedding, right? This episode could have taken another right yeah, turn. Yeah. Because they, again, it's like, okay, they like address the, as little as they need to to get past the first question, but then that leads to the second question.
0: Well, here's the thing. I just listened to Paul Reiser. Speaking of podcasts, as you were earlier, Paul Reiser was just on the Kevin Pollock podcast, and it was a great interview. And one of the things they talk about is how they immediately forget what happened in the previous week's episode oh, all sure. of the characters and also all of the writers, uh-huh. where they'll, they'll celebrate wrapping week 16's episode and then they'll go back to the board and they'll see the title for week 14 and they'll be like what was that about i don't i have no idea what's what so hell happened funny there? they may have forgotten literally forgotten oh yeah jamie <laughs> jamie cheated on paul yeah had a whole episode right. about an enormous fight that's yeah. just not a part of their life
1: anymore and now she's like who else do you fantasize about <laughs> yeah like she wants to be a swinger
0: <laughs> yeah, because she mentions guys and girls.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. So, Paul, she now, so they get past the like whether or not he thinks about other people. Right. And, but then now she wants to know what he thinks. Right. And he goes, he says, you go first. Yep. And yeah, she, she says, okay, yeah, I think about a beautiful man or woman, mm-hmm. which really shocked me. <laughs> right? I don't know. You don't talk about that kind of stuff on TV in 1993, do they? Oh, that kind of shocked you.
0: No, uh, I mean, probably not. That I, I thought you were just like, I didn't see Jamie doing that sort of thing or having those sorts of feelings. But no, the having that be uh, no, a I mean, crazy talking about women, fantasizing about women, probably not commonplace for
1: like married women, though, too. It's not the other. Yeah, it's integrated. That's true. That's
0: true, too. Like yeah.
1: friends had a lesbian wedding, but that was the other.
0: Right. No, yeah, it's probably not common for a lead in a sitcom to
1: cop to such a thing. No, I agree. But, of course, this, uh, Paul's immediately curious. (laughs) Yeah. And he wants to know if he's involved in this fantasy. Yeah. You're around. I am? Sometimes.
2: (laughs) Any other times? You're at work.
1: (laughs) While you're at work is, oh, kills.
0: And it's also great that she's just like, so, you know, sometimes other men or other women and Paul's just like, so when you're with these other women, <laughs> he's eliminating the other men part of the scenario. Yeah, right. But uh, but yeah. And then Paul has a little bit about a Viking helmet. Also, it's just like uh, this is a good a time as any again to point out yeah. that this episode was written by men.
1: So. <laughs> so oh, interesting. Fair yeah. point. <laughs> So, yeah.
0: So, of course, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if your wife wanted to yeah, have a fantasy true, about I another guess. girl? Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, hey, what do you fantasize about? You in a Viking helmet. <laughs> I'm not going to get vulnerable about what oh, I well, actually that's fantasize definitely true, about. But that's
1: on point with his character. That's true. And to be fair, Jamie excludes him from the fantasy.
0: Sure. But so, how great would it have been? How great would it have been if Paul Buckman at that moment had been like, I don't know, sometimes I think about doing some gay stuff too. That wouldn't <laughs> happen now, Russ.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong. No, that's a pipe dream. So, Jamie wants Oh yeah, right. So, yeah, so like you said, she wants him to reveal his fantasies and he does.
2: All right. Well, without revealing too much. You Look, smashing in a Viking helmet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do I look in go-go boots and a bazooka?
2: Not as good as your sister. Oh, your oh,
1: <laughs> Yep. So yeah, the Viking helmets. I can't tell if he's joking the entire time or not. About what? About the Viking helmet? And her sister.
0: Oh, I'm not sure either, but I think it's funny how last week I I made a comment. Yeah, I made a comment about them sleeping with him, having sex with the two of them. Yeah, And then this week, he made that joke. Yeah. So I feel very vindicated. Yeah,
1: you're a real fortune teller of the past.
0: (laughs) Fortune teller of the past, (laughs) Russ Fader. (laughs) Yes.
1: Oh, you can't, I couldn't buy that title. Yeah, I couldn't buy a better title. Go with me, if you will, to 1968. (laughs) I will tell you what happened in 1969. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: hazy, it's hazy. I see, I see a, I see a moon. I see a moon and a, a man. I see a, oh, it's dark, oh. (laughs)
1: i lost it i lost it jamie oh so the next scene it's the next morning what
0: i just like that idea a lot oh yeah
1: (laughs) uh jamie's in the living room and our business is closed (laughs) so we know it's a work day Yep. we're back weekend's over
0: (laughs) Weekend's over.
1: And the doorbell goes off again. And it's, it's I just, could am going to use that term for the whole podcast.
0: Forever. Yeah.
1: Iris holding donuts and wearing last night's outfit. Yep. That turtleneck
0: is
2: still on.
1: Yeah. So Jamie and Paul, he comes in. Jamie and Paul try to get the full story out of him about what mm-hmm. happened.
2: Is there something you would like to share with the group? Well, <laughs> it's like this. After Miss Caldwell and I left you last night, you slept with her. We took a leisurely stroll. You slept with her. It was a her. beautiful night. Just say it. Although there was a bit of a wind chill. You slept with her. Hey, who's telling the story here? All I can say is this story better have
0: a happy ending because if I lose this account—Excuse me, I, I
2: want details.
0: Oh, please. <laughs> Not in front of her. Oh, go on, Ira. Shock me. She loved it. Couldn't get enough. I had to hold on for dear life.
1: <laughs> Love how the tables are turned here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Paul, now now Ira is the one with the hand.
1: Yeah. Yes. He has hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But Jamie's impression of Ira kills me.
0: Did it look like Paul broke? It didn't, but I wouldn't. His be face surprised.
1: smirked a little right at the end of that bit. And I swear when she grabs her crotch at the end. Oh, so funny.
0: <laughs> she's like, oh, he had to, she had to hold off a deal life. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> grabbing, her balls and every, grabbing her balls and everything.
1: Uh, also, Great Paul work. wants details, which is like disgusting. <laughs>
0: yeah don't be gross,
1: what's so your cousin?
0: yeah, there's a lot of things where it's just like that like if you have to be gross. Don't be
1: gross in front of your wife. Is this a thing people did back then? What's that? Ask details or was it just on TV? This is never Um, a thing I've truly encountered. This is a thing that dudes sometimes do. Rarely though. But also, look, if you had a childhood crush
0: on somebody and
1: then Say no more Russ, that guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, let's get into it. Someone you know got really down and dirty with that person. You'd wanna know about it, right?
1: I can only think of, like, movie stars, right? Like Julia Roberts.
0: <laughs> That's my big crush, man. Right I like that.
1: Uh, so Ira's plan is to grab a shower and then head over to the book signing. And you, we could just tell Ira really likes her. Yeah. Like, this isn't just a one-night stand or a fling.
0: This happened quickly. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So we go to the book signing in the next scene. We're at Brentano's mm-hmm. Bookstore. Yep. Long gone. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and we get another one of these beautiful shots. And I, I just have to know what these are called now. I have to, like, ask a multicam director because it has to have a name.
0: Oh, one of the, yeah, where they pan across. Yeah, we got a uh, Linda Day
1: shot. Yeah. Burger King's doing a little day night. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so we started Um, the book signing with Diane and Jamie. Remind me again of the name of the bookstore? Brentano's? Yeah. Does that bring anything up for you? Is that where uh, What's-His-Name signs? Elaine's ex-boyfriend signs his book? I will be one hundred percent. No, honest. I it's can't, not. I can't tell you. I can't. Tell is it you where if George takes an art book into the? Yeah, yes. into the bathroom. Yes, it is. I yes. didn't remember
0: it. Jen remembered it, but yes, it is where George uh, takes a.
1: We haven't had a Seinfeld connection in a while, actually. Yep. There you go. Yeah. No, because I think the signing of Jack, whatever I forget his name. Wow. Is it Walden? Maybe on the show. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so online, yeah, so the uh, table the, the camera bookstore. dollies from the table through the line of men waiting to get their books signed and they are all dressed exactly the same. <laughs> Everyone's
0: wearing a turtleneck and a blazer.
1: Yeah, and the, until we re- make it all the way to the end of the line where we find Mark dressed exactly the same talking to Paul. Yep, 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 yep. It was just such a great reveal.
0: Mark is very excited.
1: Oh, and then Fran comes in with an update of some kind gosh so fran tells me you had dinner
2: with spy girl i can't believe you don't invite me come on mark you're a married man why torture yourself i checked the service the hospital called mrs heller's contractions are now two minutes apart ah few hours of labor never hurt anybody
0: i mean these are so funny it's
1: so also though like Fran has been very, like, generous, I feel like, the last two episodes compared to normal. Yes, like, last episode, I, yeah, it, she zonked out, but she also, like, gives him her sweater to, like, get the yeah. sweat off. Yes, and now she's taking doesn't... patient vitals over the, ph-
0: <laughs> yeah. over the phone for him. Uh, frankly, I can't believe that he's even there doing this. I would think that Fran would just be like, no, you're not going to meet this woman. Right? Go. You're going to work. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, yeah no, she's been very uh, loving. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> For sure, I agree. So yeah, oh, so gosh. he has and a yeah. patient in labor. <laughs> it's such a great joke. Mark saying a few hours of labor never hurt anyone.
2: <laughs> oh God, that's so funny.
1: So Paul introduces Mark to Spy
2: Girl, and it is amazing. I would like you to meet good friend of ours, Dr. Mark Devanau. Mark, Mark is one of Manhattan's most respected physicians. Ah, oh, it's an honor. I got to tell you, I saw you do King Lear in the park. You were fantastic. Just fantastic. If Shakespeare had been there, he would have raveth. <laughs> I laugh because Shakespeare had that thought thing, you know. But, uh, but this was after you did Plaza Suite, but it was just before you did Brigadoon at the Westbury Music Fair. And I mean, the versatility, come on. And you look as beautiful today as you did back then. Uh, You know what you should do? You should do one of those exercise videos. (laughs) Or Ibsen. Yeah. Mark, they called again. The head's out. Let's go.
1: (laughs) That is some expert. I mean, in terms of acting, Richard Kind is like a top chef. Yes. You give him... Two peas and like a little piece of garlic, and he will feed you a dinner that blows your mind. It's pretty wonderful. It's so good. It starts. Everything he says. It starts chill. Yep. Then he makes a horrible Shakespeare joke. Mm-hmm. Then he becomes a lunatic who knows every single gig she's ever done. Mm-hmm. Then he becomes a disgusting creep who's <laughs> like, you should do an exercise video. It's a real journey.
0: Or Ibsen. That's so funny. You should do a workout video or Ibsen. Uh- I can't get over how good that is. Oh,
1: I went back just to make sure I had not misheard it because I thought that was so funny.
0: He mentions West. He saw her at Westbury Music Fair, where I saw a lot of things growing up, including lots of children's theater. Hey, in the round. Yep, Westbury, Long Island. Oh, circle in the circle. Yep, it's great. And then yeah, so he says all of those things, and Fran is there, and Fran just says, <laughs> "Mark, they called again. The heads out. Let's go." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: unbelievably
1: it, good it is uh so mark leaves and then Iris shows up with roses and like a very soft voice like he's a different yes. ira he's in love yes he's in love and he then smitten and then we immediately go to over to spy girl at the table who sees him and whispers to jamie that guy looks familiar where do i yep. know him from this is harsh which is so harsh i mean Oof. they Leapt together the night before. The night before? He left this morning. She does this all the time. (laughs) She forgot.
0: She can't even remember a hairline as receding as his, coupled with a mullet as impressive. Uh, If I saw a receding hairline mullet combination like that in the morning, I'd remember Mm -hmm. it around lunch. Same. Same.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Ira is about to get his heart broken. And yes. spider wants Jamie to do it for her.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Paul
1: wants to do it <laughs>
0: desperately, which is hilarious. Yeah. More than anything, does Paul want to do this?
1: But then they go, He so he goes over to do it. And, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, Jamie's like, be nice. And, of course, he will be because right. he's Paul Buckman. Uh, and they go sit in the kids' section of the bookstore on little chairs.
0: But, yeah. He's also nice not only because, I mean, he's Paul Buckman, but also Ira's in love. Yes. Yeah. If- Ira was just like, hey, you know, I just wanted to come by and see if she wanted oh, well, to go yeah. around the world again tonight. <laughs> then Paul would just be like, hey, guess what? She doesn't like you. Yeah, right. Exactly. But yeah, he's he's got roses. He's talking about love and all that
1: stuff. Yeah.
0: And yeah, like Paul says, it takes the fun out of it for him.
1: Right.
2: Well, she's great, isn't she? Huh? Who would have ever thought that a guy like me would wind up with a class act like her? Well, you know, you, you're going to take all the fun out of this for me. What do you mean? See, Spy Girl, Spy Girl is kind of moving on to her next adventure. Excuse me? I don't know how to put this gently. Um, she's dumping you.
1: That's a very fun way to tell him. Yeah. Because what words, there are no words to Cushion of blow. Nope. It's tough. <laughs> she's dumping you. She's dumping you. <laughs> but Ira doesn't believe him. Right. he thinks he's being petty. Uh-huh. So Jamie's like, Jamie sees this. Diane really has to talk to Ira. So she convinces right. her too.
2: From last night, he's over there. I thought you were taking care of that. No, I will book talk shows for you. I'll send out your press release. I'll even yell at the airline
0: about your damn peanuts. But I will not break some poor guy's heart for you.
2: Do it. It'll be good for your career.
1: Oh. Yeah. It'll be great for your career is such a real justification.
0: <laughs> it really is. And she really goes I for mean, it. I mean,
1: that is so real.
0: And then she gets up and goes over to Ira mm-hmm. and just like, you. it's fun when this happens. You see an actor acting. You know
2: what I mean? I'm sorry that I left this morning before saying goodbye, but that's the way I am when I meet someone who I'm really crazy about. I've had to give so much to my public all these years. I just haven't enough left to give to any one man. I wish I did, but I don't. But if there were just one man, I'd want it to be you. Thank you for last night. Goodbye, Ira. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. I asked for a diet soda.
1: Yeah, that monologue feels like it was almost lifted from a spygirl episode that doesn't really exist. Yeah, absolutely. You can
0: tell that she's done this um, time yes, and time again right. in lots of different cities
1: uh, for her whole life. Oh, I mean, I asked for a diet soda button.
0: Oh, it's so funny. She's Ira, so good.
1: All, like, yeah. What a great guest star. She was
0: great. She's used perfectly. Yes. It's the perfect, it's the per- and uh, like, And she nails it. Whereas, and this is a thing where, like, look, they use Jerry Lewis. I knew like,
1: this was going to be some anti-Jerry Lewis thing that was coming. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, just that he, you know, they're just like, okay, we've got this crazy guy. Let's use this crazy guy's strengths and make him a crazy guy. And it's just like, yeah, okay, he's crazy. Here, they wrote a character around a character. And right, she treated treated she treated it all with a sense of realism. Yes. Which goes over better. There was no winkiness. Yeah. Right.
1: Yes. You know that Jerry Lewis episode of our podcast is huge in France.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Merci. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So she walks away and Ira sort of does the like the, the emotional beat of like, She used me. She right. used me. And I thought it was gonna be like the classic play that sitcoms do where it's like Oh, wow. Normally women say that. Right. But it's not. He just does a turn where he goes, She used me. And it's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> Which is gr- a great ad, but also gross because now he's like, he's bragging about how he and Adam West have both been intimate with her. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah. We're a part of a special fraternity. It's weird. It's weird. It's I'm weird. gross. I'm going to have a lot to. We both said
0: recently that we both loved Cousin Ira when this show was first on. I'm going to have a lot more complicated feelings yes, about Cousin is, Ira that is this true. time around.
1: Well, he's now that we're really looking up close, it's starting to feel more like Uncle Ira.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Ira does things in this episode. Well, he more I remembered it more from him than anybody else, but he calls Jamie James.
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: Which I always that's thought was right. endearing. Yeah. And in this episode, Fran also called her James. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is stuff that we didn't get anybody. I don't think we got anybody calling her James back in the Selby years. We may have, but I don't recall.
1: I personally, I really like. So you're giving Ira credit for introducing that to the gang?
0: <laughs> yeah, I am. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I like, I like the nickname of James for James. I do too. I'm on board. Oh, and then
1: the scene ends. It's
2: been mm-hmm. a
0: while,
1: but not that long. <laughs>
0: No. With another gentle reminder from a
1: supporting <laughs> cast member that their marriage is pretty good, pretty good too. Oh man, it Paul? You so happy. What you got is pretty damn good. Oh gosh! And then he gives Jamie, Jamie the, flower, the roses. Yeah. Oh, Just when they Paul. might have forgotten.
0: Nope. Don't you? Don't you forget? Don't you forget that you two love each other? <laughs>
1: So then we get to tag uh, a rare drinking scene. Yeah, uh, they're just sitting at the yeah, bar. Yeah, at Riff's. No buffet this time. Right. Which is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about TV girls. Yeah, TV crushes. Iris, yep. Just Ira's, really. He's yep. into Ellie Mae? Is that the right name? L- yep. Beverly Hillbillies? Yes, which I, I have never seen. I, I hate that show. Oh, yeah? It's not for me. It's too stupid. Sure. You know, it's just like, it's a heightened world. I don't like heightened worlds that much. Right, 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 right. No disrespect. No disrespect to the hillbillies. (laughs) I thought you were going to, to any of you who live in a heightened
0: world, (laughs) please keep listening. (laughs) We appreciate you. We respect you. (laughs) We hope we didn't offend.
1: (laughs) We are heightened world friendly here. Yes, that is correct. It's just not our thing. Right. Patty Duke. Patty Duke. Duke, Yeah. The one, the one that doesn't go places is the one Paul likes, (laughs) which is perfect. Really fun. And then Ira mentions Betty Rubble. Right. And Paul points out it's a cartoon. And Ira goes, I'd have gotten it down? Well, he says animated. She was animated.
0: And Ira says, I'd have calmed her down. It's a joke on the meaning oh, of the word animated. I'd
1: have calmed her down. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just one more weird, gross Ira thing. No. Like, oh, I'd not, have figured it out.
0: Time. There are more times for Ira to be discussed. That's funny. Not in this yeah, episode. Yeah, that's a f- yeah. Oh,
1: great. Animated. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah, animated. She was animated. I'd have calmed her down. Yeah, gotcha
0: yeah he's he's gross but clever
1: it felt uh it felt like a little improv-y
0: oh it kind of did yeah. a little bit
1: like they were just talking and riffing on yeah. tv girls
0: i like this. this is a great episode i like this episode top to bottom
1: yeah same really really fun fun heartwarming and... the reason you like the show in the first place hey john i also like this episode of our podcast how do you know you have listened to it sometimes you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey folks Rise, ga- rise, gals, and rise, guys. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah.
1: Doesn't Thinking sound right, does
0: it? Doesn't. sound strange to the ear. Feels strange in the mouth. I'm never doing it again. Rise, guys, and rise, gals.
1: Oh, I can sleep. Oh, see, if you did go to Temple every week, it would still feel weird to you. Oh, it'd be terrible. So...
0: Thank you all for listening to us one more time. It's such a joy to uh, do this show, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you when you do rate and review us on iTunes. We appreciate you even more when you... Well, uh, hey, I don't know how the end of this sentence goes. Please, rate and review us on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher. (laughs) Check us out. Where else can they check us out?
1: Oh, tunein.fm? Wait, I mean, Uh I can't... The number of friends that mention that site on a daily basis to me, that's what they listen to. That's wild. I'm joking. I never even heard of it, but I, we're on there. Oh, great. We're on all of the ones <laughs> I never heard of in my life. Awesome. And also, we got on Stitcher, and then I don't think anyone listens to it Not there. Well,
0: people, people are going to get the Stitcher app because... Earwolf's premium site is bumping over to
1: Stitcher. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about that. So we're going
0: to get all that sweet, sweet Earwolf runoff.
1: (laughs) It sounds like a wax thing.
0: (laughs) Our theme song is produced and created (laughs) and performed by John D. Ivy. And our artwork, our logo is is produced, created, performed. (laughs) So many different hats. That I'm just inventing on the spot. Nathan Diffie, at Nathan,
1: D-I-F-F-E-E. He's the best. Thanks to them. And their sound is mixed and baked and presented by Vuk Yamanovich. Thank you, Vuk.
0: And thank you, listeners. We will be back next week with more fun, won't we? Indeed. Let's do it. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Motley. And this, this is what, what we're saying, saying.